Ad Chats with Frank Palmer, the marketing, media, and communications talk show with Stephen Brown and Steve Miller. I have the pleasure of interviewing a very interesting couple of uh, creative and business stars from the Toronto advertising agency called Fuse Create. I will be chatting today with Stephen Brown, the CEO, and Steve Miller, who's the executive creative director. Good morning to you both. Good morning. Good to see well, you. Good morning. So uh, thank you for agreeing uh, to do this interview today. And, and, uh, and a big thank you for, from NAVS uh, and myself for the very kind and generous donation that you've given to NAVS. And as you know, NAVS uh, needs uh, your support and the support of the industry even more than before. So um, I'd like to, before I start uh, the interview, I'd like to give the audience a few interesting facts about both of you gentlemen. Stephen, I'm gonna start with you first. Uh, you, your resume say you spent nearly 30 years in integrated marketing and advertising, including uh, digital, social media, uh, CRM, database and experimental marketing. Your educated education, including Brent uh, University where you got Bachelor of Arts, University of Toronto for continuing studies for database experience, as well as Ryerson and Humber for general marketing courses. And before starting Fuse Creative in 2003, you started as an account executive at a company called First Avenue as, a, as an account AE from 1992 to 94. And then from there, you went to Wonderman from November 94 to January 2000. And then you traveled over to Mosaic Marketing as VP Client Services from January 2000 to January 2003. And then as a founding partner in 2003 of Fuse Create and Fuse Health until now, nearly 20 years. Is that about correct so far? Perfect. Did I get it good? Yeah. Uh, you were recently the board of the Canadian Marketing Association and likes to give back to the community, which is great to NAPS. Having worked on a few models for uh, social venture partner, uh, partner Toronto and fundraising for Convent House. He also served as chair for the CMA's National Convention and the chair of Fashion Cares. Canada's largest HIV AIDS fundraiser, vice president of Worldwide Partners, <laughs> an independent uh, network of agencies in 40 countries globally, and your experience in brand building, direct interactive database, promotional and experimental marketing. He's known and loves to create, strengthen, and grow client brands across a wide range of category, categories. Your commitment and passion for the business has been driving forces behind your marketing background and advertising career. A uh, wide range of accounts that you worked on, including the CIBC, Mercedes-Benz, Canadian Tire Financial, GE Money, Cooperators Insurance, Toronto 2015 Pan Am Games, and Ontario Hydro, to name a few. Quite a career. Wow. Thank you. That's I, 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 I feel like I should have gone first. You know, <laughs> this, is a, this is a tough act to follow here. No, no, no. You're fine. I got a pretty good act here for you, too. And Prior to Fuse Creative, uh, Stephen had a very interesting career. He's been a paper boy. Uh oh, ice yep. cream, ice cream scooper. Yeah, actor, sales rep, MC, consultant, salesman, a model maker, judge, etc. Just to name a few. Plus, he's the really, really the lead singer, guitarist, songwriter, and manager of a piece, a seven-piece rock band or folk band called the Rustic Gomers. I found this small picture of you. You want to show that picture? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's you? That that sure is, unfortunately. I, I, found, I found that on, I, I think I found that on your CD. Uh, yes. In fact, you may have found it there. So I, I you, you got to know that when I do these interviews, it takes me a little bit to find, to find some of this research, right? <laughs> so you're also a part-time teacher at the Miami Arts uh, Ad School uh, from 2018 till present. You teach ten weeks, uh, ten weeks a course on how to pitch and present. Are you still doing that? Uh, still doing that, yeah. Uh, not currently, but I'm waiting the phone call. Okay, but we'll talk about that, a little bit about that. You went to Humber College where you got a postgraduate certificate in media copywriting. You got a Bachelor of Commerce degree from Ryerson University. And from 1999 to 2000, you worked for Cassette, my nemesis, my nemesis agency, <laughs> Vancouver. 
and account supervisor in their design division called Adenica. From yeah. there, they worked for BBDO Toronto from 2002 to 2005 as a copywriter. And where you worked at BBDO, worked on RBC, Royal Bank, Pepsi, Frito-Lay, uh, Bayer, uh, M&M's, Bayer and Campbell's. And after BDBO, you went to work for one method agency from 2005 to 2019, where you helped that agency grow from a staff of five to 55. From there, you joined Fuse as VP partner, where you worked on CIBC, Air Miles, Old Dutch, Ricola, Ricola, <laughs> just to name a few. And both of you had a very interesting career to date. You've worked for some very, very good agencies in the past. And uh, today's interview will cover some of that off. But as you know, we're very, very different working relationship today since COVID. Very different times. And I'm sure that you're both aware of all of that. And, uh, yeah. but, uh, before I start my interview, I, I knew a bit about your company, but I didn't know you know as much as I probably should have. I mean, but after doing my research, I've got to tell you that uh, you need to be uh, out there even more so than you're doing uh, because of the work you've done. You've done some fantastic work that I had to do some research on, you know, so I congratulate you guys for doing uh, great work. And you're, you're one of the few independents out there that are remaining in Canada that are really doing great work. And I'm hopefully interviewing them all because uh, the, the large whole codes aren't doing as well as they used to do in the past, you know, and uh, the independents seem to be doing much better. So Stephen, I'm going to start with you first, but please, uh, uh, both of you join in the conversations as we move along. So we got about 45 minutes today. It might take a little bit longer or less, depending on <coughs> conversations. They've all run less than about an hour. And uh, um, you talked about, uh, I found that you talked about three of the biggest mistakes or learnings and uh, that you've influenced you over 19 years of operation as an independent agency. You said that they are not to hire ego and self uh, agency maniacs versus shared vision leaders, overthinking technology at the expense of what agencies really need to do ultimately be creative and um, culture, culture, culture. And, 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 and you can't get profit without it. Uh, and I agree. Uh, are these three learnings uh, is important today uh, because of COVID? Has it changed? And uh, how has it affected your working environment? And how has that changed? Yeah, uh, well, thank you. Um, I think right now, to answer the end of the question, first and foremost, I've never seen a time where culture's not, is never been as important as it is right now. So the, the distance, the, uh, the you know, hybrid model that we're working sometimes in the office, often from home, to foster that sense of community, that sense of connection, that sense of creative collaboration is really critical. It's not easy. Um, but we've done a quite a bit to change, to manage that. So we've adjusted our office. We've adjusted our whole policies around how you work. Um, and it is working. Uh, Steve, uh, I'll let Steve weigh in on some of that. I just find the, the main thing is, is you can't take your eye off of, you, you almost like you can't sit back and assume it's working. You really have to lean in and do more than you ever had to do before to say, come on in, let's get together, let's book meetings, let's go out to see clients again, let's actually, uh, not force, but really sort of structure how you want to create a community within an agency. Right. And you used to kind of just be able to rely on everyone showing up to do it. Now you have to curate it. It involves a lot of food and that's fine. But uh, it, that's, that's the, the whole, Steve is really, Steve and his team, have done an amazing job of changing our product and our creative and, and really focusing the business. A lot of my job has been, how do we make sure that we come together and celebrate and connect? And that shared connectivity is what gets us better creative, better ideas, better strategies. You know, I, I think you're right on that comment about getting people in the culture and the business. I mean, for us now, I mean, we have 25 employees now and, and uh, at any one day, there's maybe seven or eight here. And, uh, now we're having to deal with some uh, getting people back. Do you want to come back? Some don't want to come back. Uh, one want to come back one day a week. And, and we're trying to go through that. And we haven't figured it out yet. And we don't want to force people into doing things that they don't want to do. Yeah. Using, and, and, oh, sorry, go ahead, Steve. 
No, I, I was just going to say that's exactly it. it, it it's a balance of, of um, incenting people to come in, not trying to make it a mandate, but, but, but definitely trying to find ways to encourage people to come in. And, and I think, Stephen, your point about, you know, curating that culture, because before it happened organically, we were all at work, we'd go out after work, you know, we'd see each other in the kitchen or wherever we might be. But, you know, curating that culture now is important. And finding the authenticity there is also important. So it's not just forced fun. Yeah. Have you, uh, do you know what it looks like yet uh, coming back to work? Have you experienced, uh, I don't know, well, how many employees do you have now? We have on um, the, this age, the main agency, it's about 55, we're almost back to 60 and the health side is about 20. Um, so it's not, it's not, a, it's a good size group to try to manage. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, uh, the learning so far is it's a lot of trial and some errors, some a lot of successes. But you know, I would say when you look at why would we all con congregate in the old model, use that as sort of your trigger. So training is a really good opportunity, brainstorming and planning, um, social, uh, and that's where food comes in. But for all the other stuff, like if you just have to get through your job why not work from home? It, so it's really about, if you think about when did we all go to the, the, the town hall section of the office or when did we all get together? Those were events. And so that's how we've been trying it. Some have been complete duds. Last night, we had at least 25 people here for some training followed by a spring fling. Like it worked beautifully. So yeah, we had, um, uh, I have an old hot dog story about how we, I want a, want a piece of business by talking about hot dogs. So we have a hot dog day here. Yeah. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, I told them I was going to fire the agency principals because they didn't have hot dogs on the hot dog day. But <laughs> it's all about hot dogs. We had everything but hot dogs. We had all the <laughs> junk that people were going to eat. But we had uh, almost uh, ninety percent of our staff came in for that. Yeah, yeah. And and it, it the vibe around the agency changes, you know. And I think that one of the things that I'm having difficulty with being an old guy and loving people around the office is. Is getting is is getting. I don't think that's my phone, but uh, it it uh, uh, it 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 was uh, getting people around. Uh, just one second. I'm sorry. Don't worry. We can edit that out. I'm just gonna. Since probably people calling in with questions already. Well, calling in with a new account, trying to get a couple. <laughs> No, it's the fact that it's kind of like being used to being in the office every day uh, and and uh, and then trying to change from that. So trying to catch get changed from what you're used to, which is a little bit different. You know, I like I mean, I'm in the office every day and I prefer to be here. And if I'm home, you know, my wife usually get me doing things I don't want to do. So that's one reason to leave. <laughs> but I do like it around the office because, quite frankly, you can go to people and say, um, can you, let's get together just for a quick minute. Whereas you've got to get people for a quick minute on Zoom. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, um, it, balancing those, those personal preferences is, is, is tough in terms of those who like staying at home, those who want to come to the office. And how do you do these hybrid meetings of some in the office and some on the Zoom? And, and so that's definitely a balance. I also think, you know, culture, while much of it is built, you know, socially and, and through sort of connections and events, you know, culture, so much of it is also just kind of uh, almost the definition of the term around kind of shared beliefs and shared values. And, and these people kind of the way that we work together is so much of our culture as well in terms of driving the work. And then, you know, the outside parties and social events, you know, certainly help too. So, you know, we make sure that as we hire people and, and as we are building our teams, that we do have these shared beliefs, shared values, as you noted earlier from Stephen, you know, leaving egos at the door and things of that nature, because so much of that sets the foundation for the culture, which actually just makes the social events a little more fun. You, you both talked about retooling your agency for today's agency world, the state of 2022. Is that kind of what you're kind of modeling now going forward? Yeah, um, when I met, when we met Steve three years ago, just over three years ago, we knew, uh, we were always known as a sort of solid, good agency. We needed to get to that next level. 
And really it was about going back to fundamentals of becoming way more creative first and, and people first. And, uh, and I'll let Steve take it from there. Cause I, you know, I, I think I set it up as a opportunity that way, but it was a bit of a gamble on your side and it's working out beautifully, but I mean, you, 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 your fingerprints are all over it. So I'd love to, you to say it. Uh, yeah. Um, same. I mean, when, when, when we started chatting, um, the, the, the owners and, and the leaders at Fuse, you know, that they were already sort of, you know, on this, on this path, at least philosophically, which is to sort of, um, you know, get above the line for lack of a better term and, and really start to build a more integrated product. Um, take, take the process that they were very good at, take some of the um, executional areas they were already really good at and, and just build from there. Um, and while doing that also, as Stephen, you noted, you know, get a little change in mindset in the agency. And, and, and that's what we've been doing over these last, you know, 36 months, um, you know, from the clients we work with to the people that we hire, to the way that we work together, um, all sort of trying to achieve, you know, a united sort of goal or vision, if you will. Um, and, and I think that integrated nature was really important, um, not just to sort of tack on some of the above the line, you know, elements, uh, but to do it integrated and to make sure that we've got, you know, brains and people and talent in, in all departments so that we can make sure that, you know, anything we touch um, is, is sort of coming at it from the best way possible. And again, with that kind of shared vision of, of being creative first um, and, and, and sort of understanding that, you know, great work begets more work. And if you do what you love, the money will follow. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. I think that uh, we're at the same situation where we're trying to figure out what we do best and what we don't do well. And, and looking at our agency in a very, very different way and, uh, and looking at what kind of clients we want to get and what ones we want to attract and, and yep. uh, maybe telling the truth more often than not, because I think a lot of agencies take on clients to think they're going to change their direction mm -hmm. and they don't tell the truth by saying, you know your product really sucks, eh? Yeah. And and uh, I, I'm more going to that direction, whereas before I, well, I don't want to tell them that. You know, like now I want to be more honest and open. And so uh, I, I think that's really important for you guys too. I mean, you guys are doing such great work. Obviously, you're attracting great clients for the work that you're doing because of the creative you're doing. And, and, and you're probably going to create your business that looks a little bit different than it did before COVID. And yes. So you're, you're a work in progress, I kind of figure, right? Yeah, I mean, you have to, in this side, you have to look at a sort of a five-year horizon and you kind of hope, you kind of plan for it and it always deviates a little bit, but it's it's the core fundamentals. It's be, like Steve always says, do great work for great people, with great people type thing. Like, let's focus on the fundamentals yeah. of what we can control. And, and what happens in that process is, you earn the trust of your good clients. You might, you know, it doesn't fit for everybody, but it really, when, when you have a good positive energy internally, when you go to see clients, whether it's virtual or in person, it is, it is a magnet and they start to feel that energy. And so we've done very well on our business development, but we've done best on our organic growth. So just because you already have the relationships, you have the trust, but now the product is better. And the, yeah, team, and the team is more excited. Yeah, and, and I think it's about, um, you know, th there's that old cliche of you're only as good as your client. And, yeah. and you know, it, it's, it's actually pretty darn true. And, and so as, as this agency, and, you know, the name Fuse and, and, and Stephen and, and, and his um, uh, ownership team, you know, they've been doing this as Fuse for 19 plus years. But Fuse Create is just kind of, two years old, you know, it, it's, it, it is sort of a, a new agency. It's a new mindset. It's a new approach. It's a new philosophy. It's new work. Um, there's a lot of new. And, mm -hmm. and with that, you know, as, as we look at our product and as we look at what we're doing, um, you know, we, we look at our clients and, and we, and we, we want to make sure we're bringing on clients who think of us as a partner, not a vendor. Um, as, as Steven said, it's about doing great work with great people for great people. And, you know, so, so that's a big part of us is fit. 
fit with our agency, fit with our personalities, fit with the way that we do stuff. Because, you know, days are too long and life is too short to, you know, work with a-holes or to, you know, work with, with yeah. people who, who are going to, you know, treat you like a vendor and not like a partner. I, I've always said your best new client, uh, uh, the best new client is one that you have already. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But I can I can say, Frank, this this change was not easy. It was also not easy to do it during a pandemic. But I'm just so glad it actually gave us so much good focus during a crazy time in this industry. And then you hope it's going to work out, and it is working out beautifully. But anyone you know, this change is not something significant. Change doesn't come without a fair bit of sweat, a few tears. I know that for, you know, I've been in this business probably more than longer than most agency presidents or chairman in the business. And I've seen a lot of change, but I think that COVID probably uh, reset the bar in many different ways and many positive. And uh, did the winning of the number three small agency of the year in 2021 help you in a positive way? And how? The, the, the short answer is absolutely. <laughs> um, the, the, the long answer is, is in many ways. I mean, you know, we measure, I actually think the greatest measure of sort of agency success in an individual is pride. You know, do you feel proud about your work, about your agency, about your coworkers, about your clients? And, you know, that moment of, of sort of, you know, winning bronze and coming third, you know, was a huge moment for, for, for feeling proud and, and, and for pride. It also was just a, a wonderful, you know, affirmation in terms of what we're doing, the approach that we're taking. Um, and it just really spearheaded some huge momentum for the agency internally and externally. Yeah, she um, said that I had two degrees, a scholarship and an internship under my belt. And I still couldn't find a job in advertising. In my mind, being blown off, ignored and unknown clearly meant I wasn't good enough. True, not true, but I couldn't help feeling that way. She got an email from her fresh best friend, Alex, who she said she went to uh, Ontario uh, OCAD with, and she said she remembered the, the email like it was yesterday. And she said, asking if uh, she wanted to go to France to the Cannes Young Lions competition. And uh, it was also an email that changed the course of her path in your career. So here's a short video. I just want to play from that. But it's really exciting as well, and I think, you know, we spent the majority of the time um, doing a lot of research and a lot of brainstorming, a lot of ideas were, were flying, and yep. you know, it wasn't until the next morning right before we went in to, um, to get started that we went for coffee and, and, and a croissant, yep. and all of a sudden we came up with this new idea, and that's the one that we ended up going with, and yeah. so... Um, we were waiting for that moment where we could relax just a little bit. We just we forgot what we were doing for about two seconds and boom. Actually, Alex was at one of the um, seminars this week and they were talking about uh, creativity and how ideas can't be formed unless you're in a relaxed, in a relaxed state. state. Yep. And uh, it re that really was what Very happened true. to us. Very true. How's she doing, by the way? Uh, she, she's doing well. Yeah, she's doing very well. What makes her so special? Well, I actually hired her um, back when I was at One Method, and we were looking for uh, an ACD at the time, and I had interviewed 74 people, and Patrice, yep, 74, I remember the number well, because Patrice was number 75, <laughs> and, you know, within five minutes, you know, I, I, I knew that, 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 that she was the one, partly because of all the other people I'd met, I had a really good sense of sort of, you know, who was out there and, and, and what we were looking for. Um, but at the same time, you know, you, you see somebody's book ahead of time, and you can get pretty good sense of, of talent there. Um, but it was really about, you know, those, those um, beliefs, the values, the attitude, you know, when it comes to culture, and, and she was a, just a fantastic fit. Um, we use the term possibilitarian a lot in terms of how we define our people and our attitude. And, and she was a possibilitarian through and through, you know, that is, that is for sure. And we keep that lens across really anyone that we bring on, no matter what sort of uh, seniority level or, or what department, because culture, uh, as you know, noted, is really just so important. 
culture not being like you know hip-hop music and, and brightly colored walls but just those, those beliefs and the values that you share because you go through so many ups and downs uh that to do it with like-minded people is just so important i i, I think that you said steve that uh it wasn't i think you may have covered some of this but you said that fuse is a different agency than it was three years ago and and uh your branding was different and the logo was different, but you said your mindset was different and the product was different. Is it changed really? I mean, is there thinking changed three years from now from, from that period? I'll, I'll, I'll let Stephen, you know, respond to that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I've had the fortune of uh, being able to watch, you know, 19 years of this absolutely radically different company. Um, the values, the fundamentals are the same. The spirit is very similar, but there is a definite, uh, a much more focused, clear line of why we exist, why we're here, what it means to work here. Uh, and then, you know, Steve's point about, he, he introduced the word possibilitarian. It is, it, it really helps you sort of define when you're looking for people, uh, helping put a bit of a lens to find them. So though no, I, listen, I'm incredibly bullish and happy of how we've been able to move through these things, but uh, I can't recognize, I can't recognize 2018 to current in, uh, in, I, all, in all positive, in all positive. Do you think it. that you have a rallying cry that you had on Twitter uh, that said, uh, get noticed, stand up, stand up and, and be unusual. And I think that maybe, uh, maybe you need to add that we're more of a caring company. It seems to me that you guys have, you were caring before, but now it's kind of, you, you talk about your staff in a very caring way and, and they're so important to you. The culture is such a, you know, you talk about, uh, you said that it's taken the buy-in, it's bravery, trust, the belief in that you have some pretty amazing people that you work with. It, it's actually, that's actually a very insightful um, insight. Does that even work? <laughs> Um, to, to, to refer to the agency and, and I think Steve and, and the leadership team as caring. Um, we actually, we want to have like a family feel here. You know, we want to have people here for a long time. We want people to feel proud. You know, we don't point fingers. We don't blame, you know, we're all in it together. And, and, and that notion of caring, I think, is really important. Caring for the agency, but caring for each other, um, I think is just so important. And, and it, it I have seen it throughout my career, both not work, but also work. And every agency is different. You know, every agency is going to run the way they do. Their culture is going to be different. They may be more competitive, you know, lots of different ways. But, um, you know, the, the way that I've seen it work best, um, both here and, and in previous places, is is that notion of caring and, and taking the work seriously, but not ourselves, caring for one another and, and, and really doing it together. Well, you're doing a very good job of it. I, I know that uh, this leads me to a little video I found of you uh, where you talked about being an account executive and it wasn't for you. So let's watch this little video. At the time, who's now my wife, um, got accepted to do her master's at UBC. And so uh, I turned the job down and off I went to UBC uh, and, and she did her master's out there. And again, through my father, I owe him a lot. Um, I got a job as an account executive at a package design and branding firm called Koo Creative Group. Okay. So I started, you know, it wasn't an ad agency, but it was package design and branding, which I loved. I, I love design. And, and so I started off my sort of career tangentially in package design and, and branding. So had you accepted the job at Wolf in Toronto and then the relevation? No, uh, it literally the same day. That okay. I got the offer, she got accepted. Okay. Quite literally the same. So day. you had to call Fraccioni and say, you know what, I my life circumstances have changed. I'm yeah. headed out west. Yeah, which killed me because you know I wanted that job. Um, so that killed me. Uh, but then Koo, so I worked for an agency called Koo Creative Group. Yeah. Let me let me ask you this because that sounds familiar to me. Was Rick Kemp there? At Koo. I, I know, I mean, I know the name yeah, Rick Kemp. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember if he was okay. or not. No. Yeah. Okay. But, but Koo Creative Group. So I was there for about three months. Um, after about three months, September to, to December, I had the realization that an account person type role wasn't for me. Hmm. You know, it just, there were things about it, not to get into it. 
Um, but it just it did it just didn't turn me on, right. for lack of a better phrase. Um, but I stuck it out and and I, I did my job and and it was good. And I, like I said, I love design. Um, but then Coo Creative Group got bought by Cossette, and so we moved into the Cossette building on Homer Street. Okay. And um, one night I was leaving, and a creative director within Cossette said, "Hey Steve, could you maybe think of a line?" to write on this box that we're sending out to the media to introduce this new brand and new logo for this company. And we want the media to be intrigued to open the box. And I was like, okay, sure. I can let me think back on my business degree. (laughs) Yeah. Let me look through my economics textbooks and see if I can do that. Um, so I went home that night and I was up till sort of like 3am lost track of time. I was sketching and doodling and writing and just, trying to think of ways that might be interesting, tying the brand into things. And I came back the next day with, with 10, 10 lines for the top of the box and they liked one and the client ended up liking it. And then they said, could you write the inside as well? Yeah. Okay. Sure. I can. I, uh, I found that quite interesting, especially about Kenny Koo and uh, Jerry Fascioni and uh, Rick Kemp, because I know them all, but a short story uh, Kenny Koo was uh, doing a lot of our workforce when we were Palmer Jarvis. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, Kenny Koo came to me one day and said, uh, would you like to buy our business? And I said, uh, sure. I'd be more than open. I said, uh, give me a list of your accounts. And he gave me a list of your accounts. And I said, how much do you want for the business? And he gave me a number. And I said, well, I'll pay you half as much. And he said, what do you mean you paid me half as much? I said, well, I'm not going to pay for 50% of your business because that's your biggest client. It's me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that deal never happened as you can probably (laughs) expect. But uh, uh, Kenny Koo was quite successful. He actually ended up moving over to Hong Kong for a number of years, right? Yes. Yes, he did. Yeah. He was, uh, yeah, he was a great guy and, and, you know, he had such a, such a, an eye and a, and a passion for design. Yeah. And he ended up, I think, and he ended up doing a lot of, uh, I think multicultural, uh, you know, yeah. marketing, if I recall. He was, he was ahead of the curve. I said, but, but was that the moment you decided that, uh, you didn't want to be a, uh, a account guy? Yes. Yeah. That December, I definitely knew that I didn't want to be an account <clears> guy. And then, you know, probably a year later, uh, I realized that, you know, the creative side of the table is actually where I want to be. And, you know, being a songwriter and, and, and a musician before, I guess there was some creativity there. I just didn't know that I could harness it, you know, for advertising. I think Stephen's probably glad that you want to play that role because, uh, well, uh, Stephen plays the role of an account CEO. It seems to me that you, know, you love the creative process also. In fact, I have a short video, Stephen, where you talk about that. Let me play that. In an industry that constantly tries to mirror us in bizarre product information, they've come up with such a simple way of making investing understandable. Welcome to the CMA Thought Leadership Series on epic wins and epic fails. Today we're focusing in on the financial services industry. So sit back, relax, listen, learn, and later on we hope you join the conversation. I'm Stephen Brown, president of Fuse Marketing Group, and today I want to talk about an epic win, Wealth Simple. I love this brand. I love what they've done in such a short amount of time in our industry of making a bold statement about making wealth management and investing so simple and so uncomplicated. In an industry that constantly tries to mirror us in bizarre product information and tons and tons of confusing rules and regulations, they've come up with such a simple way of making investing, for me, the individual, seamless, easy, and just understandable. Their website, through the whole experience, talks about how it's all about you, the individual, the consumer, and how they break it down into easy segments. And if you think about this, just think about the typical millennial. They're not trusting. These guys, well, simple, have turned the equation around and made it all about you and demystified what the industry loves to sometimes keep a mystery, and that is my money and how I'm going to grow it. I love how this brand has really taken it to a whole nother level, and they've done it in such a crisp, professional way. From the website all the way through the journey. I love Wealth Simple. That is an epic win. You could yeah. see that uh, in doing what I do for a living now, this is not what I do for a living, but 
I try to get some good background on everybody. And it seems to me that both of you guys could probably switch roles. Oh, I mean, I think part of the reason we work so well together is I have so much uh, admiration and respect for the creative process to know not to go too far into it and, and let them do it. And I, I, but I'd also say the same with Steve is I think he's, I've never said this before, but his background of being an account person means he's always aware of there's a client in the room while we're thinking of these things and there's a business reality to it. So, um, you know, he's a bit of a, a bit of a unicorn in the creative space, having both experiences. But. Yeah. Well, Steve also uh, wrote 10 quotes, which uh, I found interesting, which were words to live by or words to agency by and, there were all 10 good ones, but there was four of them that I liked probably uh, that came up with. And one was the creative department might come up with the idea, but it's the agency who champions it is one of them. That was quote number four. Number nine was agency people get your, get your clients to love you, which is something that I work on all the time. I, I coined the relation. I coined one that said I'm in the relationship business and what I produce is a bike, uh, product of trust i mean how important is trust oh it's it's everything you know uh you know, with, with your client it's everything because um it, it does allow you to um you know to come to the table with with maybe some ideas that they themselves you know hadn't thought of or maybe is a little outside of their comfort zone not that all the best work is out of comfort zones um but trust is so important when it comes to again like the brief the, the ideation, the production, the relationship, trusting your agency with maybe more work or maybe work outside of their wheelhouse that, that you're willing to sort of give them a try with because you trust them so much. I also think that in the, in the world of sort of the integrated agency model where many, many clients have, have different agencies working for them, you know, when you trust your agency, you might call them first with the next opportunity. Yeah, I, I know that you guys, when I was reading through these, I, wanted, I had to go back and sort of look at my notes again. I said, who said that? Which <laughs> one you said this? I'm going to go, well, you said that. I said, okay, I got to get this correct. And 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 you both talk about the culture as, as being the lifebread of the agency. And, and, and you talked a bit about how you maintain it. Ken Case, who is the president of uh, DDB Worldwide, when, uh, when my office bought, he came into our office and, and he said, the culture here is on the paint in the walls. He said, I can feel it just yes. walking in the office. And I have a feeling that I could walk into your offices and feel a buzz or a hum. Do you think that would most of the clients would feel that? You talk about the importance of your clients and it's a trust factor and a culture that I could walk into your office and I could say there's something special here. Uh, yeah. I mean, Again, I've had the opportunity to see, I know when trust is not at its best or culture is not at its best. And that's always the, the intangible. It's hard to feel, but when it's going really well, and it, it's fortunate that it's going so well right now, they, it's infectious. And so yeah. the clients, the clients get, it, I mean, think about it. The client's dealing with so many different spectrums of marketing. And when they come into a room with us, hopefully they're leaving, there going, Hey, their brain's been a little pushed uh, but they're excited what they're seeing. And then it, it's that it's, and it, that doesn't happen overnight. Like that takes a while to build, but then there's all of a sudden to what Steve was saying is like, you start getting the phone calls saying, instead of here's a brief, it's not a problem or having a struggle. Let's get your team together and let's start talking about it. And that's where the trust is at a whole new level. And that's when they just start knowing that you're part of the team. Um, but that is, you can't, you can't, say it you can't put it on a wall it's it's an energy well maybe you can put it on the wall i think that uh you 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 know you're talking about maybe a secret sauce and and i think that it's a magic and, and a, a good yeah. friend of mine Roa osing who just wrote one of his new books on on uh on being different or be dead and i think the advertising business is living with this now you better be different or be dead he talks about the secret sauce, which I've, I've taken this in as, as one of the things that means something to me. What is your only? What is the only thing that you can do? And the one thing that I'm focusing on right now for me is what is the only thing that I can do here that other agencies can't? 
And I've come in, to come in, in touch with that. More than glad to sell it to you for a fee. But, <laughs> but he says companies hire people and agencies to solve problems. And the better, better you, you better show them and prove it to them so that you can solve their problem better than anyone else. And I think that the book gives real insight into making what makes your difference. And I think you guys are explaining to me and to the audience of NABs that this is why you guys are different. Like you really care about what you do. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. We 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 have sort of two chest thumping mantras, you know, that we sort of try to live up to. You know, one is called one is simply just work that works. And, you know, we figure we're only as good as our last job. And, and so for us, the work that we do, it has to work. Yeah. And it doesn't, you know, and, and it, it's not just about making clients happy. It's actually making them look like heroes. You know, it's, 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 it's going well beyond. And the other sort of, you know, thing that, that we sort of try to live up to is to turn heads. And that's sort of our rallying cries to turn heads, which to, to, to your point about being different, you know, what can we do that'll turn the heads, you know, of our client's audience or possibly of judges or of our competition? Um, and, and turn heads is, is, is that real rallying cry. It's, it's, um, that is what has united everyone in, in the work, in the way that we buy a new space that becomes our, our new office. Uh, and, and I think that that can help so much for culture, but also um, for the way that we think about this agency. There's lots of agency clients can work with. And, and for the most part, you know, some will, will provide, you know, really great work. But it's also who you work with, how you get the work done and, and building those relationships together. And I think that's part of the secret sauce for sure. Yeah. BBDO has the work, the work, the work, right? Yep. And, and yeah. ADB used to have uh, better insights, better results, which I kind of like. And, and, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're going to be working on your only statement, or maybe you have it already. But one of the things that you, you guys, I noticed you're a member of the Worldwide Partners Group. And uh, I believe that Rethink is also a member of that group. Um, um, they're, in a, they're in another network, but the same Okay, way. another network. Okay, I'm wrong there. But how has this helped you guys in, in, with your company and clients? Uh, it's an amazing group. It's, I think, 75 agencies from 42 different countries, all of us independent. Um, you know, I think the big three zones of where it helps is it's really sometimes hard to learn about the business of the business. Um, you know, I can I know lots of the other president CEOs of different agencies in Toronto, but I'm not going to phone one of them and tell them a problem I'm having because <laughs> it's so, so competitive. But I can talk to someone in Chicago or someone in, you know, Buenos Aires about staffing issue and stuff like this, like co-learning and, and uh, all sorts of different sharing that way is one. Second one clearly for me is access to a global market. So, you know, when, whether it's just trying to find insights from other countries, which all the holding companies have at their disposal, because they've got agencies in all these markets, that's our option there. So I can reach out to different countries and say, do you have case studies in financial services in Australia or whatever? And then the, I would say the other one is it's it's a it is a credentials network. It really helps that as an independent, we're not just an island on our own. That we have access to resources to to a network, and it it helps us it helps us be more uh, be a larger entity, even though we're a mid-sized entity. I, I actually was a small agency at uh, Vancouver started, and I joined a network called TCAN, right? which had multiple offices across Canada. Then, then over time, I became the uh, agency that they were all working against. <laughs> and I still remained the chairman because they trusted me. But now I'm going to move on to your creative product, which is probably very important to you guys also. And I said that uh, when I interviewed uh, Noel Day, um, he said, great advertising is about great storytelling that is emotional and creates sticky memories. And it doesn't come from a content factory. And I guess you'd probably agree with Noel on that, uh, what he said. And is it harder today to produce great creative? Uh, but let me play a little short creative teaser first. Every new voice counts. Wake up, people.
have a first date. That's uh, not a bad reel. Yeah. No, it's terrific. <laughs> I'm going to steal it, put my name on it. Um, <laughs> well, it's really a great sample because you really have a variety of interesting clients, but one of the things that necessarily wasn't on the reel, but I wanted to ask you a question about uh, how the Spider-Man campaign came about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was with our client, Sony. Um, so we uh, actually, Stephen, why don't you explain a little bit about the media? Yeah, so in uh, as we've evolved, um, we decided a couple of years ago to start investing heavier in media. We used to always partner, but was struggling uh, to find partners that you know would be right in right in the weeds with us. So we built out this media department, and Sony's been with us for quite a while by the digital media for them, um, and it was quiet. But you know, for big releases, it's the basic idea is get people get people aware so that they know they can stream it or buy it, whatever they want. Um, but the big, the big ship, so it's all based on what is the, the movie launch, um, but we have a strong experiential division also, which is another form of media. And so what we looked at is we knew Spider-Man was going to be huge. Um, so our digital media team really just looked at the takeover of young Dundas square in Toronto, which was excellent. And then we amplified it by doing a live experience. Also, I think I don't, that that's the premise of it. Um, and that's our first time at getting them into the experiential with the outdoor digital signage and, and getting it a big, and you know, right on the heels of the pandemic, great that brands are starting to go back out on the street and, and connect with consumers again. No, I found it very interesting. Also found one that uh, was really interesting too, what you did for the pinball Clements. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to play that video for the folks here. It's a favorite of ours. This is it. The moment a young person steps into the real world for the first time. The first time their choices really mean something. The first time their actions can add up to something. If they're lucky, they'll have someone they can turn to to help them find their way. But what if they're not lucky? What if they're charting a course without a map? What if they're in over their head? What if they lose their way? Kids in shelters, kids in foster care, and kids who just aren't getting the help they need are trying to figure it out as they go. Bouncing back, but winding up right back where they started. Making some good guesses, but not always knowing where to turn. And too many wrong turns can lead to a good kid getting lost. Losing their way. Slipping through the cracks. But we can be there to catch them before they fall. We can give them role models to help them find their way and help them find themselves. Mentors to help them find their passion and their confidence. Training to give them a path and a purpose. Together, we can light the way so they can shoot for the stars. Great spot. Yeah, it was um, it was a wonderful spot to work on. We worked really closely with uh, Yellow Lab Creative Studio, who, who did an amazing job, you know, with the animation. Um, the Pinball Clemens Foundation, you know, for so long had had a very complicated story to tell, and they came to us, you know, with how do we simplify that story and and how do we make it get heard, and and so we just took sort of a, a simple idea of of a pinball representing, um, you know, underrepresented youth and, and the kind of kids that they work with to help them sort of through the system and get into university. And um, it was a real passion project. And, and uh -huh. we worked with, ta with Tattoo Music as well. And, and it all came together really, really beautifully. I actually watched it a few times before because I liked it so much. Another one of your clients, which I found interesting, is uh, uh, Ricola. Ricola. Yes, yes. It kind of reminded me in a way that the other spot that kind of reminded me was uh, 
how do you deal with this on an ongoing basis? Like Buckley's, you know, it tastes bad, but it's good works for you. So let's uh, mm -hmm. play that little video here. Good job of that one too by showing the emotion of a, of a roller coaster sort of giving bringing that all out you know uh yeah that, that was that was exactly the idea you know ricola is synonymous with you know cough drops and helping you with a sore throat from a cough right, or a cold right. during the winter season but covid meant nobody was getting colds nobody had sore throats and and you know ricola had always sort of uh, flirted with the idea of sort of finding a purpose outside of those winter months. And, and so COVID really pushed that agenda. And, and we found this space of everyday voice, which was, you know, curing a sore throat, not due to a cough or cold, but, you know, from singing or from screaming or doing a podcast where your voice might get dry or irritated. And so, you know, the best way to sort of dramatize that was to really show it in these contextual moments. And it's yeah. actually done, you know, the campaign has done really, really well for Ricola here, here in Canada. Uh, some other regions around the world are, are looking to, to pick it up as well. Um, and the screamer happened to be our very own Christina Markham in the office. She had quite a scream and it worked out perfectly. Did she get, uh, did she get Acra? She is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I want to talk a little bit about Canadian Tire. I don't know how long you've had that account and what you do for them, but I have to admit that uh, Canadian Tire, whether you came up with the idea or not, but the spokesperson is one of the one of the very few spokespeople that I can actually uh, identify <laughs> with. Uh, he's human. He, he's corny. Uh, he's funny, but I find him believable. But I want to play a couple spots. One that you did for Noma Lights and the other one that you did for We All Play for Canada. So we're going to play those both and then talk about Kenny Entire a little bit. Kiwani Lake Research Station is an extreme place where scientists will come from all over the world. When my father retired in 2011, my husband and I took over running the station. Working here with scientists throughout the year and even over the holidays, the temperatures get down to minus 30 and these north winds that come howling down the lake. For three weeks of the year, we don't get the sun here at all. If these Christmas lights can stand up to the winds that we've had and to the cold conditions, they'll stand up anywhere. The lights will definitely be brightening things up.
most of those uh, spots uh, have an emotional feeling to them for me. Uh, I don't want to say I'm oversensitive or anything like that, but I, when I watch those spots, it, it, it tells me why Canadian Tire has a, such a good connection to Canadians and why they're one of the most trusted companies. Absolutely. Uh, how do you find working with them? Um, you know, we had an amazing 12-year run with them, uh, a great client, incredible brand, really unique um, approach to, you know, connecting products with consumers in, in, in surprise and delight ways. And the NOMA program, what I loved about that program was that actually came from, NOMA was having problems with the previous year's lights uh, with just pure manufacturing defects. And so their, they were, their score was down. And so they just said, how do we change this? And the idea started with, let's go to a, a, a sub-zero place in Ajax to testing zone. We're like, no, no, no. Let's bring the story to a true Canadian spot, which was up in the Yukon. Um, and so we flew a team up there and that spot, you know, you never know what you're gonna completely get. It was on a very tight budget and uh, everything worked out beautifully, but on top of it, the Northern Lights came out the night we shot it. So you, you had one of those truly Canadian thank you moments <laughs> um, and everything worked out beautifully. Um, uh, that said though, we have actually wrapped up working with them about three years ago. So they're still good friends and still good relationship and we're still a huge uh, fan of their brand. Yeah, I, well, it doesn't matter whether it works present or past, the, the work is fantastic. And uh, uh, from uh, and, and the one for Canada was also very great. It's, it leaves that kind of moment in your heart, you know. Mm -hmm. I have some questions here from the audience I want to uh, ask because it kind of leads on from that last uh, comment about who's your dream client? What, what do they do that's different? And uh, do you have a dream client or do you have, are all your clients your dream client? <laughs> yeah, that, that's the right answer, right? Yeah. Well, actually, right. Stephen, you, you heard something really great down at the conference you were just at when it, when it came to, you know, going after clients. You know, I, I, I got a, uh, I'm not going to remember the name, so give her credit, but the woman who's the CEO of the Martin Agency in the uh, States, she had a really good insight for us. And, and it's, I think it's, really connecting to when we have good experiences is she says, don't, don't look for the, the top brand or don't pick the brand, pick the CMO. So find the CMOs out there who are really innovative or looking to take a brand somewhere who are passionate about relationships with agencies because they know they need that partner and make that the first choice. Find the CMOs who are going to fall in love with you and you can fall in love with them and do something as a, a duo. The product is the product and you know i know there's some products we all want but it was a really good helpful uh reflection and what i'd say is when i look at the best relationships we have whether it's a vp or a director or a cmo the best relationships are going back to what you said frank about trust and and that we trust them to want to work uh and push push the product or push the campaign to another level and that's that's kind of where it, for us it's about a fit uh, we do the scale, but we're, so I don't, I don't know if we have, I don't, you might, Steve, have a brand that's a dream brand to work on, but for us, it's about finding that connection between we have our culture and our product fits with their needs and their desires and their wants. And, and there's a symbiotic relationship where we actually can do some great things together. I thought you might've said Nike or, 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 uh, Apple or something like that. I, well, maybe maybe the the musician in me would love to work with Gibson or Martin or Fender. You know, personally, just on a personal level. Yeah. Have you watched that series on TV about the, car, the guitar guy that goes around and uh, Fender? No, I haven't. Uh, also, but I'll, I would, I'll, I would, I'll send you a link. Yeah, uh, please do. This is from a, uh, one of the audience says you've moved, and I don't know where this question came up, but are there any Kenny? versus spenny Easter eggs in your office. <laughs> what is that all about? Um, I've got one right here. <laughs> yeah, so we, we, um, we moved to Ossington. And let me give uh, Steve and the creative department clear uh, call out on this one. When we knew we were gonna start looking about moving offices, uh, they said, uh, let's not go to an office office. Let's find a a home or a cafe or a fun space and um, uh, and make it more of a collaborative place where you can. And that was before the pandemic. And then when the pandemic hit, uh, I realized 
what we realized, we really don't need 14,000 square feet anymore, which oh. is what we had. Um, so Steve, uh, you walked in this building and said, this is the one. So why don't you give the description of where we are now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you, uh, you know, you found a few places, but I mean, this was the one and it's 45 Austin. So it's right on one of the you know, hippest, trendiest streets in Toronto. But more than that, uh, you know, we own our building. And so we've got a storefront on the first floor that's, um, that acts as a pop-up space or a gallery. And then we've got two floors above us that is more office space. And it's those two floors that used to be owned by Kenny of Kenny versus Spenny, the hit TV show. And oh. so that's that's where the question comes from. Is that right. It used to be... Kenny's Airbnb, and we haven't found anything just yet. No. All right. <laughs> well, the uh, last question from the uh, audience, is there any specific courses uh, that every uh, aspiring ad person should take in school? Is there anything that you guys would suggest? Um, I have suggestions. Um, not, uh, I would definitely suggest the course, you know, that I teach, you know, if, if I, I would be doing right. a disservice to the Miami right. school if I didn't suggest that. But I actually found that, you know, yes, you know, I have this commerce degree, but um, as a creative person, having a little marketing background was actually a really a useful tool. Um, you know, getting a little bit of strategy, a little bit of consumer behavior, a little bit of media. It was actually a really great tool as, as I was sort of moving up through the ranks of creative, you know, getting closer to clients and, and getting closer to understanding their business. So, you know, on the creative side, I would actually encourage people to, to, to do a little marketing course. Um, and then presentation skills, I think, are always a, a, a huge asset for anyone in, in advertising. So any way that you can, you know, find outside courses or internal you know, sources to improve presentation skills, I think is key. And I, I would add one on there, which is uh, my grade 10 drama and then being in plays all through high school. Um, I got to tell you, if you're comfortable standing up and telling a story and not like you have to, this is a creative business, this is a people business to get up there. And so I know people who are a bit more shy or timid and they've taken the improv classes with um, Second City and stuff like that. It's getting comfortable with being on the spot, getting comfortable with the flow. Um, that, I would always recommend that to anyone in this space. Just, it, it helps bring your, brings the passion of our work to life. Yeah. Well, I found our conversation very passionate today. I, I thank you both. I also thank you on behalf of NABS. Uh, thank you for your kind generation. And this will be the first time, like entertainment tonight, that I want to play a little music as we leave. Oh, no. Play that music for me, please. And again, thank you on behalf of NABS. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Frank. Oh, my God. <laughs> Of all the things to play. Stay in touch. <laughs>